sometimes we, uh, we sing songs and they're not as appropriate or as real as other times. And uh, this morning, uh, just that song, I Need You. You know, we go through times that are really easy and we don't realize how much we need God. And it's always when the bottom falls off or the out or the wheels fall off that all of a sudden we say, God, I need you. But the reality is we need him all the time. And uh, the great thing is when, when we don't look to him, when we don't turn to him as often as we should, he, he doesn't have an attitude with us when we finally realize how much we need of him. We say, God, help. He doesn't say, well, you didn't need me last week. Why are you calling on me now? He's there because he loves us. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, you can wave to somebody and then you can be seated. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, really appreciate you being here. I'm really glad that I'm here. <laughs> uh, thank you all for, for uh, your prayers and your kindness. It truly did help. Um, it, it has been a learning experience. And not all of it has been bad. Uh, I... I had a situation where many people do, uh, they lose their taste and their smell, uh, which was really good. Then I didn't want to eat, so I lost the weight I wanted to lose, which I didn't know how I was going to, but have. So that was great. And uh, you'll notice that Debbie's not here. She is uh, taking some time. She'll be back tomorrow, but she's down with the grandkids. Uh, we weren't able to travel on Thanksgiving, so this made up for it, and she's just having a ball. But again, thank you so much for all your prayers and all your kindness and support and, and cards. Um, I just want to say I was in, amazingly blessed by um, the messages that I was able to watch online. And, and I'm telling you, to be able to be a part of what's going on here, even when you can't be here, um, John and, and Braden and and all of those that are up there that make this possible, thank you guys so much. Amen. And the messages, wow. Uh, I, I texted Judy, it was like, as soon as the message was over, I was on my phone texting her and just saying, that was such an amazing message. They were great and encouraging and insightful. And Jeremy, the same thing. I mean, one of the things that we know here is that God loves us so much. It, it, it's, it's not... It's not necessarily the person that stands up here. As long as they have a heart to have God speak through them, uh, we're going to hear from the heart of God. And in the last three weeks, we have definitely heard from the heart of God. Um, and, and, you know, as we hear from God, there are times where he's saying things to us that we might not necessarily want to hear at that moment. I guess you guys aren't listening to the same God I am. Or maybe he's just taking me to task. But uh, uh, in the midst of, of, you know, what I was going through, what Debbie and I were going through, uh, waiting was kind of all we could do. And then I'm hearing about waiting. And I'm saying, really, God? Come on now. Uh, because I, I, that's one of the hardest things for me to do. Anybody else have that challenge? Okay. At least some of you are honest. <laughs> but especially at this time of the year, waiting, waiting, waiting. What do you hear from kids at this time of the year? I'm talking about young kids. I can't wait for Christmas. 
And then Christmas comes, and it's like this massive explosion, and then it's over, and it's on to the next, right? And uh, it, it's, I think back to Christmas, and I never realized how much work my mom and dad had to do to make things happen until I became a dad. And uh, now as a, not only a dad but a grandpa, uh, it's, it's just amazing. But it's so fun to watch the kids. It's just such a neat thing. And uh, are you ready for Christmas? Some of you are like, don't even say that here. I was hoping to get away from thinking about that for a little while. Um, we're not ready. You know, Debbie's coming back tomorrow, and, and we've got a whole lot of work to do because we've got uh, our youngest son and his, his wife and our grand dog coming up. And uh, we've got to get the house dog-proofed. Uh, <laughs> not really. The dog's really good. But there are a lot of things to do, and we get so busy. And, uh, you know, I had a message that I wanted to share today, and, and that was what I wanted to do. But uh, God made it very clear that uh, I, I was, I was kind of laughing about the fact that uh, Last week, Jeremy was saying, and you know, we've had two great messages on waiting, and I'm going to be the tail end of it. And no, you're not the tail. I'm the tail. <laughs> um, but this, this, this message came when I was kind of flat on my back. And all I could do was sleep and pray and sleep and pray and sleep and pray. And, and just, just be with God. I wasn't even with Debbie. Um, we were in the same house, but we weren't together. And so um, during that time, this, this message came. And uh, I just feel like it's, it's something I needed to, to, to digest and go, th go over and, and really felt that God wanted me to share it today. So um, I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. God, you are so good. You are so wonderful. You're so beyond good. There's no word to describe. And Father, you, you love people, all people. You want the best for all people, and you showed it in giving your son. And Father, we're, we're doing our best to celebrate the birth of your son, and yet... I know I get distracted, and, and others do too. And, and we get detoured from what the true purpose and what has been done in Christmas, the greatest gift ever given of your son. Father, a tremendous sacrifice on your part and his part. But that's what happens when, when truly the spirit of Christmas is, is lived out there is sacrifice for the benefit of others. And today, Father, I ask that you help me to share your word, that Holy Spirit would bring this to life, not just for a moment, but Father, we would, we would find ourselves meditating on and thinking about your truths throughout the week. And we thank you, Father, for the good work that you've begun in us that you are faithful to complete. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So Christmas. 
what, what, what are you doing to prepare for Christmas? I'm, I'm going to need your help. Okay, so don't, I know you've got masks on, but you can speak through them. Don't let that kind of trouble you. But what, what are you doing to prepare for, for Christmas? Baking, yes. Yes. What else? Decorating, okay. Anybody making plans to have family in or over? Okay, that's another part of it. Um, so baking, that's that's decorating, plans to have family over. Shopping, yeah, that's that's just a small part, right? Oh my gosh, getting out there among what's going everybody that's going on. What did you say? Wrapping. I don't wrap, I bag. You're, you're much better than me, Jeremy. That's really good. Um, traveling, yeah. What about food? Yeah, yeah. Planning a big meal? Yeah, that's a big thing. I, I always look forward to the food. This year, not so much. I still can't smell or taste, but I'm hoping by, by Christmas Eve, there's going to be a Christmas miracle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but what, what is Christmas? What's, what's, what's the celebration of Christmas about? Okay. What I heard was, was Jesus. And, and I would expect that because we're in church. You know, that's, that's, that's what, you know, most answers are going to probably be. Uh, it was like the little boy that, that the uh, Sunday school teacher said, what's gray and gathers nuts and has a, a fuzzy tail. And the kids were looking at her, and one little boy kind of hesitantly raised his hand. And he said, teacher, I think what you're talking about is a squirrel, but I know the answer has to be Jesus. <laughs> well, it is. It, the answer is Jesus. And Christmas is about Jesus. But what about Jesus? Is that what Christmas is about? His birth, right, his birth. And if he, wasn't, if he wasn't born, he couldn't die to save us. But this is about his birth. So, so actually Christmas is a birthday party, right? You know, growing up, uh, we would have birthday cakes at Christmas time. With our kids, we would have birthday cakes at times. With, at Christmas time, we would sing happy birthday. And, and so... Help me this morning kind of determine what it is that we do, not at Jesus' birthday, but any birthday. How, how does it happen? What, what, what goes on um, when, when somebody, let's say it's Pastor Gabe's birthday. All right. What do we, he's like, yeah, bring it on. Uh, what do we do? Uh, we make plans, right? And we all want to try and gather to do what? To celebrate who? Him. Right. And we usually have food, cake. Bob has ice cream. I'm going to Bob's birthday. Uh, presents, right? We sing. And, and who's the focus on? Yeah, Pastor Gabe. Or the birthday boy or the birthday girl, right? We're, we're waiting for them to arrive so that we can yell happy birthday. And uh, 
they come in and all the focus is on the birthday boy or the birthday girl and and we serve the birthday boy or the birthday girl make sure they have everything they want or need and then we we bring the cake and we sing happy birthday and then we give him the presents and and we watch him open the presents or her open the presents and that's that's pretty typical for a birthday right is that the way Jesus' birthday is celebrated? It, it's, it's, it's amazing because the enemy does a masterful job in, in getting us detoured at times. And, and what we do is not wrong, but I found and I realized that there needs to be some adjustments in my celebration of Christmas. Because as, as I would celebrate anybody else's birthday, there is one that is the focal point. There, everybody's enjoyed, but there's one that's the focal point. And I think, you know, we, we have in some ways kind of gotten off track with, with the celebration of Christmas. And maybe you haven't. Maybe this message is just for me. But um, Jesus is the birthday boy that we're celebrating in a few, day, in a few days. And uh, I think at times, and it's, it's easy. We have a lot of help in losing focus and priorities because of all the things that are going on. There's so many things to do. But uh, today we're, we're going to see from Mary. Now, Jeremy didn't know what I was going to share, and he shared what Mary said. And, and Mary should know what Christmas is about, right? And, and how she was celebrating, how grateful she was. But uh, we're going to look at Mary because, you know, God wants you to have a Merry Christmas. Not a messy Christmas, not a busy Christmas, not a stressful Christmas. He wants you to have a great Christmas, the best Christmas. And uh, when, when we look at the Christmas story, does anybody know where we usually go in the scriptures? Right, Luke, Luke chapter 1 and 2. So today we're going to go to the book of Luke, but we're not going to chapter 1 or 2. We're going to look at Mary and learn from her about Christmas, but we're going to go to an odd place, and it's Luke chapter 10, okay? Uh, Luke was a doctor. Uh, he was a follower of Jesus. He was really um, precise and very observant and detailed, and so we're going to stay with Luke, but we're going to um, a place that if we started to read about it, we'd, we really wouldn't associate it with Christmas, but it really is the story in some ways of what happens at Christmas and what needs to happen at Christmas. And so in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38 and 41, 40 and 41, it says this, and this is, let me set the stage. Jesus has come into this, this town, this small town, and he's going to some of his best friend's houses, or house. Uh, that was Mary and Martha, who were the sisters of Lazarus. And uh, Lazarus was the one that he raised from the dead. And these were people that Jesus had a real, real close connection with. And uh, so it says, Now it happened when they went and they entered a certain village 
that a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine this Christmas if Jesus was coming to your house? Well, he is. He's, he's, he's always with you. But, but for a moment, just imagine what it would be like to have somebody of that importance. Now, it wasn't just that Jesus was important. Jesus was also hated at this point. And so Martha is inviting him into her house. Now, how many of you know Jesus usually didn't travel alone? Right? So Jesus is coming to her house. He's not traveling alone. And he is not loved by everybody. There are people that are out to kill him and kill all those that are associated with him. So Martha is incredibly gracious and hospitable to him, welcome Jesus into her home, but all those that happen to be traveling with him. You know, the disciples, they broke them down. There were a group of three. There were a group of 12. There were a group of 70 that are mentioned. And there were a group of 120. We don't know how many were coming with him. But the key person is Jesus. But Martha is ready to take care of whoever's with him. And she's also ready to stand no matter what she is facing in retribution to her having Jesus there. So she's really hospitable. She's also very courageous. And, and so she's preparing things. And it goes on to say, uh, but Martha was, was, much dis was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Now, this morning, we want to we see that this was, this was a time where Mary was, or Martha was receiving Jesus to celebrate his, his presence with them. It took a lot of preparation, just like we do for Christmas. And yet, she was troubled. She was distracted. She had been uh, worried. And it's, it's, you know, as much as we don't want to admit it, sometimes those exact feelings we deal with at Christmas. We get distracted with a lot of things. We get troubled. We get worried. And God understands that. Completely understands it. And God can help us in that. Because as time has gone on, it seems like the celebration of Christmas has become more commercial. Commercialized than ever before. The focus of Christmas by our world has tended to drift. Have you noticed how people will greet you with not Merry Christmas, but what do they say? Happy Holidays. And I understand. I understand about all the inclusion. But this is about Jesus. And every one of us as Christians need to hold fast to that. I, I had someone say to me, happy holidays, and I turned back and I said, thank you, Merry Christmas. Not in a bad way. I just, I just wanted them to know I appreciated what they had to say, but this is what my focal point is. It, it's, it's about Christ. Because if we don't have Christ, we don't have Christmas. 
You can call it whatever you want to, but it's not Christmas. And, and it may be a holiday, but this is a, this is a very important holiday that the Son of God was brought into the world. God gave the greatest gift ever given. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. What gift has ever given everlasting life apart from Christ? Every gift that we get was given with an intent to bring joy to the receiver's life and benefit. And, and that was the, the uh, greeting of the angels. We bring you great, we bring you great tidings of great joy. And so the only thing that will give us the great joy will be Jesus. And yet, we, we, this is his celebration of his birthday. And we do all sorts of things that we do for any birthday, but instead of giving gifts to him, we give gifts to each other, which is understandable. But there is a gift that God wants. And it's not just given on Christmas, it's given every day. It's the gift of us to him. He gave himself to us, and we need to, in turn, give that gift back to him. And, and you that are saved, that's what you do each and every day. But Martha, Martha was distracted with much serving. Was the serving important? Was it necessary? I know you're afraid that you're going to give the wrong answer. So you don't have to respond to that. But, but yes, it was important and it was necessary. Because if it wasn't done, then Jesus couldn't be fed and cared for the way they wanted to care for and feed him. But how many of you know Jesus can do anything and he could make, just like the fish and the loaves, he could, he could whip up a pretty good meal real quickly. But Mary, Mary had a purpose and a plan, and it was good. But how many of you know that good isn't always best? And, and with this purpose and this plan, she got so focused, so invested, so involved, so, so given to this plan that she got really busy with all the preparations, all the plans, uh, producing all the things that, that were not bad, they were good. And it says she got distracted. And I would say to us that we need to check our lives and see if we're getting distracted too at this time of year. It's good. There's nothing wrong. It's wonderful to be able to decorate and to bake and to have family together and do all those things. But with all those things done, we're going to see what the best is. Of all these things, there's one thing that was most important. And, and Martha, Mar Martha was, was struggling, and she needed help, and she went to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? 
tell her to help me. So in this situation, we see that Martha is just busy doing things that are good and, and necessary. And she's had help, but her help's left. Now, I don't know about you, but I know in our house that the person that probably does the most work and has always done the most work at Christmas time is Debbie. Uh, she, she does the wrapping. I do bagging. Uh, she does a lot of the, the work as far as cooking and, and preparing and decorating. Um, and yet she has been so, so good as an example to me to make sure that the focus was always on Jesus with everything else, the preparation for the family coming home and all those things. She would take time and sit. And, uh, and I and oftentimes would get really distracted with, I wasn't doing a lot of serving, but I was doing some. And I would get troubled about things and concerned or stressed about other things. And I realized, and God made it very clear, that we can, we can be like Martha's where we're just so busy doing things for Jesus or for Christmas, and yet not being with him. And just think back to, to a birthday celebration. What, what, what if we did birthday celebrations the way we do Christmas? We buy all sorts of presents. We do all sorts of decorating. We have all sorts of food. We gather all sorts of people. And all of a sudden, the birthday boy, Jesus or Pastor Gabe or the birthday girl, whoever it is, comes in. And we really don't spend much time. Hey, hey I'm glad you're here. And then we sing, and we have a cake, and we give everybody cake, and then we give each other presents, but we don't give them to the birthday boy. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I'm trying to help you if you need it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have done a masterful job and still stay on track with what the, the focal point is and who really is most important and not all the things that, that I've gotten sidetracked or distracted with. But I think it's really easy to do it. And, and God wants you to have a Merry Christmas, the best Christmas. This Christmas, God wants it to be the best you've ever had, no matter what you've faced or what you've gone through. Because with him, he always gives his best. And so she, she's, Martha is saying, you know, my sister's le left me alone. Jesus, you tell her to come back and help me. And again, Jesus, Jesus said to her, you're worried and troubled about many things. And there is a, there's a solution for this. And we see what Jesus reveals as, a, as what he values, what he thinks is important at this time. And, and that's verse 30, 42. And it says this in verse 42. Only one thing is important. How many of you know that at Christmas time, only one thing's important. There is. 
But, but that's, that's the tension that we have at Christmas time, or any day for that matter. Every day we live, there's only one thing that's most important. And the answer is, yeah, Jesus. Jesus, that one thing. And yet, I feel it more at Christmas time than most times. And that is so many things are pulling. So many things seem really important at the moment. And, and they are important, but they're not the one thing that's the most important. And, and he says, one thing is important. Mary has made the right choice. It'll never be taken away from her. Now, the presents that we have, the gifts that we give, the things that we do, how long-lived are they? Well, you know, some things, you know, we, we've got them in our drawers for years. <laughs> and, and some of that food has been with me for years. <laughs> but really, in, in looking at what we put a lot of time of effort into a lot of uh, expense into it's it's pretty short-lived it used to it used to frustrate me no end when when debbie and i would uh christmas morning wait for the kids to come down and have them come down and they would tear through the presents and before the morning was over there would be presents that were broken and i was like why did we do this <laughs> <laughs> it was because we were trying to do the best we knew how to do. But this says, Jesus says, only one thing is important. He says Mary's made the right choice, and it will never be taken away from her. This is a gift because of a choice that will always be the most important thing. And, and we skipped over a verse, and that's verse 39. And, and verse 39 says this. This is what, what Mary did. Because this is where Martha said, Jesus, tell her to come back and help me with what I need to do to take care of you. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, I'm, I'm confident that all of you at times have Christmas music on and, and things that would remind us of Jesus. But I realized that I was doing a lot of things that had to do with Jesus, but not spending much time with Jesus. And the one thing God wants more than anything else, that's why he gave everything dear to him, was a relationship with us, was time with us, was to be able to interact with us, for us to to have a real, intimate interaction. Now, at Christmas time, again, I don't know what everybody else does, but when Christmas was over and the kids were young, uh, they would go to bed, and we would kind of clean up, and everybody that was with us, they would go to bed, and, and all of a sudden, Debbie and I were with each other. And I realized, of all the gifts I got, outside of the gift 
of salvation through the Lord, the greatest gift God's given you is Debbie. And I had been around Debbie all day. And I may have, you know, hugged her or patted her as I went by, but I hadn't really taken time to set everything else aside and look at her and say, honey, I love you so much. I am so grateful that you're in my life. I'm so grateful for all you've done for me and all you've done with me. I truly treasure you. And in those moments, they were, they were the most special of moments. But as, as important as Debbie is in my life, and she knows this, God is absolutely the most important. And yet, there are times that I wouldn't take that time just to let everything else kind of fade away. And let him know how important he is to sit with him, to talk to him and tell him of the great gift that he is, and then listen for him. See, when you and I spend time with God, we're changed. The Bible says that the disciples, after, after uh, they had been with Jesus, the, the religious people looked at them and this, they said, these are, these are unlearned men, but they were, they were amazed by the wisdom they had. And then they said, oh yeah, they've been with Jesus. See, Mary waited on Jesus. She was working and did the work. And then at that moment where, you know, it may have been Jesus came in and he sat down and then he started to talk and Mary said, I got to go, I got to go to hear from you. And she left Martha. And Martha is doing all these wonderful things, good things, but not the best thing. In that moment, everything should have been dropped. Because at a birthday party, there's a lot of celebration and a lot of joy and a lot of conversations going on. But usually when the birthday boy or the birthday girl begins to speak, there used to be an old commercial. It said, when E.F. Hutton talks, everybody listens. And when the birthday boy or birthday girl speaks, because they're the, the guest of honor, they're the focal point, people would stop and listen. And our guest of honor wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to every one of us. Not just Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, not just Sunday, but every day. And And... Waiting like Mary did, choosing to sit at his feet. And you know, this isn't the only place that she did this. This was common for Mary to do. It's mentioned two other times where she sat at Jesus' feet. She was at his feet. If we don't spend time at Jesus' feet listening to him, we're going to find ourselves knocked off our feet more times than not. And so Mary sat there and she listened and she, she moved away from what she had been doing because there was something that was much more important, much more valuable, the most important thing, and she knew it. And, and she wasn't afraid of what her sister was going to think in that moment that she left her. 
it didn't concern her. She wanted to be at the feet of Jesus listening to him. Now, I don't want you to think that you sit every day all the time at the feet of Jesus listening to him, okay? Mary was industrious for a while, but at the right time, she went to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen for his word and wait on him. You know, that word waiting, it was so great when I was watching online and saw the example Judy had of a rope that's braided. And when you braid a rope, you intertwine them. And it becomes much stronger. I don't know about you, but in this time of the year, it seems like I need more strength than other times because of all the things going on. But I don't get it if I don't sit at his feet, if I don't wait, if I don't allow myself to be intertwined. And I get to my breaking point. And, and the Bible says a threefold cord or a three-braided cord is not easily broken. If I would spend more time with him, I wouldn't break the way I do or get overwhelmed or get upset. And that's where this Mary shows us how to have a Merry Christmas. Not a Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, M-A-R-Y. And, and I, I encourage you to have a Merry, M-A-R-Y Christmas this year if you've never done that. And if you have, continue to do it. Because it's, it's exactly, exactly what we need. Because when we wait on God, and we've heard things that, that occur, but I just want to share a few references with you that maybe you're not familiar with. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 25 in the ERV, it says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him. He is good to those who look for him. How many of you know God's good is better than our good? When, when it says God's good to somebody or does something good, it's the best because that's all God does. God does the best. And I don't know about you, but I know that, that I want. I, I, I want God's best. And God wants the best for us, but I'm not always waiting on him. I'm not always being intertwined with him. And so I need to make that a priority and really... Uh, Really evaluate, what's my waiting time? Because do you find that when you're waiting for something, it seems like it's time moves so slowly? Isn't it when you're waiting for something, it seems like nothing's happening? But that's the limitation of our perspectives. When we wait on God, something greater than we even could imagine or comprehend is happening. We're being intertwined with God. That's what God has always intended, that our lives would be so intertwined with him, just like Jesus was with the Father. And when the disciples said to Jesus, show us the Father, Jesus was able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's a life intertwined that is waiting on the Father. Jesus said, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to do anybody else's will, but the will of my Father, intertwined with the Father, dependent on the Father, waiting on the Father. I do everything my Father says. And you know, the life that Jesus lived is the same life God has for us to live. 
And that challenges me. It may not challenge you. It challenges me. But I realized Jesus didn't do it because he was the son of God. Because if he did, none of us would have that opportunity. But he did it as God who laid aside his deity came in the form of man and lived filled with the Holy Spirit. As you and I are filled with the Spirit of God, and I have to tell you, Christmas Eve is a really, really, really important time for me. Because it was many years ago on Christmas Eve in Rome, and we weren't living here. We had come back to visit my parents. was the time I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and my life changed radically. And it's the Spirit of God in us that God gave to us so that we would be able to live this life in the fallen world without being so distracted, so worried, and so troubled because we're so intertwined, because we're waiting on God. Psalm 24, or 27, verse 14 in the Passion Translation says this. Be entwined as one with the Lord. That's waiting. Yes, keep on waiting. For he will never, what? Disappoint you. Never disappoint you. I'm telling you right now, what you read right there, no one else can say to you. Because they can't fulfill it, but God can. Now, if you find yourself today disappointed by God, I want you to understand you don't realize that he's not done. Because God is faithful and God is good. He does the best. And, and he's going to fulfill his will in you because his will is better than your will for you. And if we'll wait on him, if we'll, we'll be entwined with him, we'll never be disappointed. In him. Circumstances may disappoint you. People may disappoint you. But God won't. And then in Proverbs 20 verse 22. In the ERV translation. This is so good. Wait for the Lord. And what's the results? He will make things right. When I read that. When I, I looked at that. Sometimes I hesitate at what God says, what his word says, because for a moment there, I think about my life experience and I, I realize I've tried to make things right. Other people have tried to make things right. And it doesn't want always work out right. Right? Because the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man, whose end is the way of death. But what God does is always right. He'll make it right. He's promised you that he'll work all things for good or the best. He'll make it right if we let him have his way. If we'll, we'll be intertwined with him, if we'll, we'll follow him, if we'll rely on him, if we won't rush ahead of him, but we'll walk with him. We'll wait on him. And then the one that, and this isn't all the scriptures, but these are just a few but the one that's so familiar to us 
Isaiah 40, verse 31, but this is in the Passion Translation, and this is what it says. But those who wait, right, wait upon the Lord, you'll mount up with wings as eagles, you'll run and not grow weary, you'll not walk and not faint. But this says, but those who wait will experience divine strength. At this time, I need more strength than usual. And I don't want just my strength. I want divine strength. But if we'll be intertwined with God, if we'll wait on God, we'll experience divine strength. We'll rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles. Run our race without growing weary. This is God's promise for us if we wait. Wait for him. Wait on him. And walk through life without giving up. What amazing promises by someone who has never broken a promise. Some who watch, someone who watches over his word to perform. Someone who is waiting for us to come to him and sit with him and hear from him. Believe him and rise up in divine strength. In power. In peace. In hope. Enjoy all the things that we think about at Christmas, but not just for Christmas, for every day. We can have a Christmas that is the best Christmas we've ever had if we'll approach Christmas like Mary. Where, yeah, we'll do things that, that are part of taking care of what needs to be taken care of, but in that moment, we need to pull aside, pull away to be with the guest of honor, the birthday boy, and wait on him. The Bible says, be still and know I'm God. When, when you and I take time with God, time like this is good. But the best of times is going to be one-on-one. And so I encourage you this Christmas to take time with everything, all the pressure, all the presence, all the people, all the plans. Stop. Just stop. And you don't have to make a big production out of it. It may be when everybody else is away or it may be before everybody else comes. The Prince of Peace is waiting for you. question is, will you and I wait on him? We can have the best Christmas if we choose to do what Mary did. Just like verse 42 and 39 about Mary, it says, Jesus said, only one thing is important. Mary has made the right choice. It will never be taken away from her. Time spent with God, being intertwined, waiting on God, listening for God, speaking our heart to God sharing our love for him. You know, just like my time with Debbie. I, I go back to that because that's a real flesh and blood person and sometimes it's easier for me to do it with that, that connection where I can see them. 
want you to know that Jesus is real. He will sit with you. He'll sit with me. He'll sit with each one of us at any moment, anywhere, no matter what's going on. We can have that moment of waiting being intertwined, and it'll never be taken from you. That time is not wasted. That time is not time that is not accomplishing anything. It is accomplishing more than we can realize because we're being entwined with God. Just like Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. I'd like you to bow your heads. As I was uh, preparing this message, I was very aware that I needed to repent. And repentance is a good thing. You know, a lot of times... People think, well, I, I, I don't want to have to always be repenting. Well, yeah, you really do. Uh, because when we repent, we're turning. We're turning. We're making adjustments. We've got to make adjustments all the time in our lives. And, and I was aware that I needed to make a turn. And, and I told God, I said, God, I'm sorry. I have done so much for you, but I've not done what I should do with you. And you know, when I, I, when I got my first study Bible, in the front of my study Bible, I wrote, it's still there, I still have the Bible, I wrote, don't get so busy working for God that you don't spend time with God. And it's real easy to do, and especially at this time of year. And so I don't want you to go away from here today feeling bad about what's happening. I want you to go away from here saying, you know what? I've done that in the past, but that's not going to be what I do this year, and it's not what I'm going to do in the future. And so if, if you realize that you, you need to make some adjustments, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because it's not for me. God knows. Just let him know this morning that you're aware. There's some adjustment. I need to make some changes. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn around. And I'm going to turn to what you have for me to turn to. I'm going to walk in what you have for me to walk in. And, and knowing full well that God is not expecting perfection, but he is looking for us to make some determinations and dedications in God. So, Father, right now, I again come to you and I thank you. Thank you so much for the gift of your son that we celebrate at this Christmas time. Father, I, I ask you to forgive me for putting all sorts of things in front of him, making them priorities over him. I just got distracted. I was worried and troubled about things and tried to work them out in my own ability, my own effort. And Father, I don't think I'm alone. But Father, I thank you that you forgive me, you cleanse me, you forgive us, you cleanse us. You restore and you redeem, rescue from loss to the uttermost. Father, I pray for each and every one of your children that this would be the most special best Christmas ever. 
because we can spend it with you along with our loved ones and friends. But Father, let, let us keep in mind who is the guest of honor. Let us celebrate him, the birthday boy and his birthday and have a Merry Christmas. Father, I thank you. I thank you for those that are hurting at this time because of fractured families. Father, heal them. Father, work to restore relationship. Father, you're the healer of the brokenhearted. And, and sometimes at this time of the year, there are people that feel so alone. Father, help them to realize that they may be without family or friends or loved ones, but they have the one who has loved them with an everlasting love always with them. Father, for those that are troubled and worried, I thank you that the birth of the Prince of Peace as he is received and waited on, believed in and trusted and relied on, that, Lord, your peace, like you said, you leave with us, not as the world gives. Your peace. Father, the declaration was peace on earth, goodwill to men. Help us not just to vocalize that. Help us to experience that. Help us to extend that where there would be goodwill towards those around us as we receive your goodwill, your grace, your graciousness. And Father, as we freely receive, we freely give. Let this Christmas be unique. But let it be the beginning of every Christmas afterwards that would be absolutely unique and wonderful. And we thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I, I believe that taking that time, whether it's with the Lord or with his people and, and receiving from him, it helps us to get back on track with him. You got five days till Christmas Eve. Um, hope to see you Christmas Eve. And then, you know, we have Sunday after Christmas, the 26th. I want you to know that the 26th, I'm going to be sharing um, what God's really shared with me about 2022. One of the things that happens at this time of year is that People are all going online to find out what God's going to do in 2022 by all the prophecies. I just want to caution. There have been a lot of prophecies about a lot of things, and we don't see all of them coming to pass. The Bible never tells us as believers in Jesus Christ we're supposed to be led by prophecy. Prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort, not guidance. 
And the reason why God doesn't want us guided by prophecy is because he's given you his spirit to live in you. The Bible tells us we're to be led by the spirit of God, not by prophecy. And so don't go out there searching before you've spent time seeking. Spending time with God, it's, it's so much easier to go out there and hear what somebody else is saying, but you can't be sure. And God's going to speak to you. And you may say, he's never spoken to me before. You just may not have recognized it. The Bible uh, guarantees that you who are his sheep will hear the voice of the good shepherd. And so it's important. And, and I believe that there are some things that I'm going to share that come straight out of Scripture of what God has for us to do in 2022. And uh, we'll be sharing that on the 26th, and then we'll be expounding on it in the uh, weeks ahead. I just want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I pray for strength for every one of your children. I pray for healing and wholeness. These are things, Father, you freely give. And so I'm coming to you to ask you to do what you said you would do. I thank you for peace and hope as the God of all hope that would fill your people with joy and peace in believing. Father, I pray that, that as your people, your children, go among the people of the world there would be not only light, there would be joy, there would be peace, there would be hope, there would be strength that would be of a divine nature. And people would be aware of the difference if they're not aware of who made the difference. And help us to be sensitive to you and aware of those around us to share the good news. Jesus Christ was born. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for each and every one. Father, I thank you for going ahead of them and preparing the way, being their rear guard, upholding them with your right hand of righteousness and covering them with your love, with your songs of life and peace and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a Merry Christmas.